morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Tuesday, August the 31st, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and continue to connect the dots from the Old Testament to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12. We concluded our study of the great faith chapter. It is faith that leads to action. We see that with Abel. We see that with Noah. We see it with Abraham and Sarah and everybody else. And now we get to chapter 12. We were blessed in three different studies of chapter 11. And then we get to chapter 12 with yet another therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we receive from some wonderful practical thoughts. Lift up your heads. Lift up all of this. Make sure you are strong in this. And also reminds us of where we are to look. What a joy it will be this morning for the gifts are ready, ready for you. A special thanks to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information. lhfmissions.org. To help us to be strengthened by God's word, we have the joy of having with us Pastor Keith Lynch of Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida. Pastor Lynch, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Hey, thank you. It's great to be back. Uh, It's uh, good to be with you again. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Pastor. It's, uh, it's It's been a few months, so tell us what's going on for you, your family, and the saints at Grace Lutheran. So uh, our congregation is doing really well. Uh, we um, are uh, continuing to do um, everything that we have done in the past, right? We're, we're pretty much open and, and having uh, services every Sunday. We're going to be starting our, our fall activities, uh, our school activities, and, and getting back into the swing of another season down here. So we kind of go seasonally. We get uh, some uh, wonderful um, snowbirds from up north that come down and spend six months or nine months or two months down here with us. And so we're looking forward to having them head back. And they usually start in September and and all the way through uh, the the whole school year. So it'll be great to have them back. And then um, uh, as far as my family is concerned, boy, um, a lot of excitement going on there. My son is getting married and our oldest son, Andrew, is getting married in uh, March. Uh, And so we're looking forward to that. He's marrying a wonderful young lady. And then uh, my middle son is uh, in fireman school he starts ent school and he's been going to go become a fireman and then we just dropped our youngest our, our little baby daughter uh rachel we dropped her off at concordia wisconsin this past weekend and that was very exciting and emotional and and uh, i know uh, uh pastor fenner and we have you you have a young man up there from your congregation yep. and we're we're, we're going to get them connected so uh <laughs> looking forward to that <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. I know of at least five pastor kids, or excuse me, five young people who are going to Concordia, Wisconsin, for my church, other pastors, and so forth. So we, we pray for our college students. And um, just a little side note, my and I've mentioned this in the program before, I sent my daughter, I dropped my daughter off at Concordia, Missouri to start high school. She's 14 years old. So my <laughs> she is now at high school there, loving it, enjoying um, being an Christian school and and the people and being on her own a little bit. So my after experiencing that, what you just said now makes sense. That when you drop, there, there, parenting is not for the weak because when you drop that child off, boy, that's emotional. Oh my goodness, uh, I couldn't it, believe it. 
Yeah, it really is. So, and this, so this was the first time uh, when I, I took my son up to Ohio State, our middle son up to Ohio State a couple of years ago, and and uh, my wife uh, was wasn't able to come with on that one, and uh, you know that was that was difficult. But then we both went out uh, and spent. Uh, the better part of last week with her up there getting her room ready and, and doing all those things. And it is exciting, but it is, you know, it is an emotional thing when you, when you jump back in the car and drive away, you know, there were mm. many times on that trip back to, well, we flew out of Chicago and on that trip back to Chicago, we kept saying, let's just turn around and go back and get her and take her home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, uh, but uh, <laughs> she's doing well. <laughs> we talked to her a couple of times uh, since, and she's doing really well. So, I'm wonderful. Really excited for. Well, it's a good reminder yeah. for us once again of prayer pr- to pray for obviously Pastor Lynch and his family, but also for all families as they drop their kids off for school, um, and and for our students as they begin this new journey, and and to pray for the Lord to continue su- to sustain them through all things. So, Pastor, this is a good reminder for us. Um, uh, how about I pray for you and your family as you go through the transitions? Can we begin? Can I begin in prayer for you? Absolutely, that'd be fantastic. Well, let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, I uh, we give you thanks that we are able to be in your living and active word today. As you remind us today to fix our eyes or to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we pray that you will help us to do so by your Holy Spirit. I also pray for the Lynch family as they have their daughter going to Concordia, Wisconsin. We pray for Rachel and her future studies, uh, for her pastor and his wife as they transition to a new beginning for them. But also, as we know that you sustain us for all things, we trust in you. And especially today, as we look to your word, we know why we can trust in you, because you are the one that always strengthens us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So a reminder to our listeners, if you have any questions as we study Hebrews chapter 12, drop us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call, 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, here's what I want to do, is Hebrews is very rich, and so what I've tried to do, especially when we have shorter sections, that I will read the first 17 verses um, that we'll be studying today, and then I'll come back and I want to hear your introductory thoughts to start us off on the right foot. Uh, and one one time um, I made the analogy that reading Hebrews is kind of like eating cheesecake. You have to, you can't just, well, you can, but it's going to hurt. Um, <laughs> you have to take your time, <laughs> time. to meditate. It. Right, right. One bite at a time, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to go through 17 verses, and I'll come back and get your thoughts. So um, reminder to our listeners, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version as we hear the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and to let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? 
My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, for by, for, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are let, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, you have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Should we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Pastor, as we hear these words, uh, there's a lot in there, and we have just finished the great faith chapter. Really, some people talk about the great faith chapter and the whole scriptures. So as we get to this point, it says, therefore, how do you want to start us off as we hear this word, therefore, we know something's coming. How do you want to start us off this morning? So just a couple of thoughts uh, before we dive into the, the chapter here. You, you mentioned um, in uh, right before you prayed, God's living and active word. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And actually, that is my confirmation verse. And uh, it's the verse that I mention um, every Sunday before I um, preach on the, on the text that, uh, for, for the, through the lectionary. So this, the last few uh, eight weeks, we've been going over Ephesians. And, you know, every Sunday I say, you know, God's living and active word comes to us from the book of Ephesians, and so forth. And, and so every Sunday I'm using that passage because this is, this is God's living and active word. It has power. It is, it is mighty. It produces what it says. It creates faith, sustains faith, brings forgiveness, life, salvation. This, this is not just any word. This is God's word, and, and that word is mighty. Uh, and so I think that, if, that, that Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 really applies to what we're looking at here. And I you know, I love the book of Hebrews. I think it's a, I think it's a book about the worship life of the church um, uh, eternally. And uh, you, you, you mentioned, okay, we have the uh, great faith passages in, in, in 11, where, you know, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Abel, by faith, uh, Noah, by faith, um, Moses. And then he has that long list of people right, uh, that he doesn't really talk about. Uh, and so then we have, <laughs> therefore, true. all of those people of faith, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Th- those are the witnesses that we're surrounded. It's not just them, though. It's, it's the, the whole church, right? I mean, it's, it's that great cloud of witnesses that have, that have, uh, have been around uh, in, in, the, in faith in the Lord from the beginning. 
um, and that are with the Lord in, in heaven right now, with Christ in heaven right now. And they're with us. You know, we have that great phrase in the liturgy and now with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Uh, that is a part of the, the communion liturgy that is said. That's a, that's a present reality. All of heaven is with us. So uh, diving into this, right, I think what we have here is we're on a – I know you, some of you may have been watching the Olympics lately, and now we have the Paralympics, and, um, and there weren't many people in the stands because of COVID, uh, but, um, uh, you know, millions of people watched around the globe on, on the television. And, and so this is like that race that we're running, and we have this great cloud of witnesses that watch, that are, that are around us, that support us, that cheer us on. Um, and and, and this, is, this is as we run, this cloud of witnesses is there uh, in, in support of, of, of our race, the race that the, the Lord has laid out for us. And I think that's a beautiful picture, because if you're in church on Sunday morning, and your church, your congregation has you know, 50 people or 12 people or a thousand people, it doesn't really matter Uh, because Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by the greatest crowd of people who have gone before you in the faith. And you can possibly ever imagine, Um, you know, I I remember one of my professors at the seminary saying, you know, don't worry uh, about who's singing the hymn next to you, but, you know, sing Moses sings with you. Abel sings mm. with you, these hymns of faith on Sunday mornings. And so we have this great cloud of witnesses as we run. Uh, and, then, and then that next se- section, like, let us, uh, let us also lay aside every weight. Uh, I was reading uh, Dr. Kleinig's uh, commentary, and he, he mentioned that, you know, athletes that ran the marathon, uh, Roman athletes, ran naked, right? So they would okay. take off anything that got that would hinder them as they ran. They would, they would run naked. Now, mm. I'm not suggesting that you come to church naked. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But the idea here is lay off every weight, right? All those things, those sins that, that, that cling to us so closely that keep us from being in God's house and receiving from Him the gifts that we need. And so we, 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 we cast all those things off and run uh, in the Lord. And, and let us run with endurance. That is a great word, right? run with endurance the race that is set before us. This endurance is, is a gift from God, right? And, um, and, and so it is not, our, our endurance in the church is not based on how much we exercise in the sense that we're building muscle, right? Our, our endurance is based on who we are looking at, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that next section, right? Set, uh, uh, you know, in, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. When you're a runner or you're an athlete or you're, you're, you're competing in uh, the Olympics or any kind of athletic activity, you know, you want to keep your eyes focused on the goal. And, and, and the goal here for us is our Lord Christ, right? So we continue to look to Jesus and keep our eyes firmly fixed on him because not only is, is he, um, um, you know, uh, the pattern for running, but he's also strength for running. He gives us the endurance, the strength to, to finish the race, to get to the end, to, to cross that finish line. And, and, uh, and then, you know, he is the, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Uh, and, and then he, he endured it all, right? 
So mm-hmm. you want to talk about endurance, you want to talk about suffering, you want to talk about somebody who knows what you are going through in your life with all kinds of challenges that you face. Our Lord Jesus faced all of them for you. And, and, and so we have a Savior who can not only empathize, uh, not only sympathize, but empathize with us, who understands what we're going through, who, who knows what it is to run the race and, and, and to, to bear all that cross and despising and shame, all of those hardships that we face in this life as Christians and as we run the race. Our Lord Jesus knows what that's all about. And he finished it for us, and he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God to, to intercede for us, to pray for us, to to, mm. to, to whisper in the Father's ears, you know, um, let, let us strengthen our runners, you know, uh, you're finishing the race. Um, uh, that, 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 this is a wonderful picture of, of, I believe, how the Lord is is constantly, and, and the church, calling out to us as we, as we are journeying um, Sunday after Sunday toward our heavenly home. Because uh, one day we're going to have this race finished as well. And uh, one day we're going to be uh, there uh, with the Lord. And we're going to be part of that great cloud of witnesses. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll get to, to cheer on uh, the rest of the church um, in the future. And that, 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 I think, is a beautiful picture. This, these two, these first two verses, first of all, they, they're near and dear to my heart because when I took homiletics one class, this was the first sermon that we we're supposed to preach on. And so yeah. it was just this very arduous task of trying to figure out what do I do as a preacher? And, and what you said really brings it all together because this can relate to an athlete. Because you're like, wow, I get it, you know, running that race. You know, I never really ran a race, but I've been in enough sports to kind of realize what's happening. You realize when we need to focus on something, for example, an old farmer, I uh, use someone has used this analogy with me too, old farmer, that they didn't have like a, a satellite in order to make sure that their tractor was going straight. What did they do? They're planting. They just looked far in the distance and never stopped looking there. And that's exactly our life. That that tractor, for, let's be honest, that tractor took a long time to get across that field, but they never stopped looking at it. And that's our our reality. And why would we even do that? Well, this is the guy who uh, is the author and perfecter of our faith. I like the old NIV version was said, fixing our eyes on Jesus was even, I think, um, well, I should just say I liked it because that's what I grew up with. But But I think it's a great visual. And then for joy... He did all these things. Pastor, do you have any thoughts on that language? Who for the joy set before him. It's kind of a unique language because it talks about some kind of grotesque stuff, but yet he did it in joy. What does that mean for us as Christians? You know, uh, when we get into the next section, we're going to talk about discipline and kind of going through suffering. And and, and so often when we're going through those challenges of life, there, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of joy. And, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of sorrow in that. And so, so I, I think the joy that our Lord has in, as he is enduring the cross, as he is, you know, kind of doing that endurance for us, is that the joy is he's, he's, he's fulfilling the Father's plan. He's fulfilling what was set for him to do, not just, you know, not, not for himself in any way, but for all of us. And, and, and so he has great joy for those who are even yet his enemies, who will, will become uh, his brothers and sisters in, in the race. And, um, 
And I think that joy that he has is, is for, for you and for me and for, for all those uh, that, uh, you know, he went to the cross for, the whole world, right? He has this joy that, that he is winning, enduring the cross and the, the despising of, of what he's enduring, right? I mean, you know, the, the, the spitting and the, the, the crown of thorns and the name calling and the, you know, he is falsely accused and, and, and all of that, that despising, he's in the shame of it, you know, they're hanging on that cross. I mean, that, that is, no one could experience what that's like. Cause not only did he die and suffer the agony of death, but he's carrying the weight of the sin of the world hmm. and, and, and the rejection of the father and all of that. Uh, there's no one who suffered more. Um, and yet he does that with joy because he knows that he is winning for the world eternal life, salvation, peace with God. Um, and, and, and so as we run that race and we go through that endurance, I think, um, you know, I, I see a lot of people that go through a lot of different suffering. And as they're going through that suffering, they don't, as I said, they don't have that joy. Uh, and it's hard to have it, right? It's hard to see what's on the other side of that suffering. And, um, and, and, and so that's why we're always looking at the one who is, we had the greatest joy in the world for us, um, and and uh, and that, that. So that's my my thoughts on that. I think uh, we're going to dive into that idea of you know don't grow weary, keep, mm-hmm. keep, and that's not a. I guess that's not like a uh, you know like a rah rah type speech, right? You know, you know, right. Keep the chin up. I don't think that's what it means. I think it's the joy that the Lord has that the. We don't grow weary in the Lord because he's the one who's going to, he's the one that rescues, right? Um, I, I was having this conversation with a few members, a couple of Bible studies back, and we were talking about uh, this idea of suffering, and, and um, there is only one who can rescue you. So why would you, why would you, you know, turn, if, if, well, this is a big topic too, right? We've talked a little bit. I think uh, you've been through uh, the doxology program and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and this idea of, of kind of suffering, and and the Lord allows suffering, you know, in our lives so that He can lead us back to Him because He's the one that He's the only one that can rescue. He's the only one that can bring this joy in in this struggle and and bring us out to the other side. And uh, um, you know that. That is difficult for people, I think, in the world in which we live, but profound uh, as they're going through it. Absolutely. And and this is why one of the key realities of why verses 1 and 2 are so important for the rest of our time this morning is because it does give us that, you know, kind of, it's not a rah-rah speech, but it does tell us exactly, okay, all right. Do not be weary. Um, lift up your drooping hands is, is lift up, lift your drooping hands, those, that kind of language. And I think one of the, the words that really struck me because is, is shame, despising the shame, the shame of a cross. And there's a part in that that I think we all can re- to relate. We can relate with. And I want to hear your thoughts on it, because there is that reality of shame and shame is something that we all feel 
over different things, kind of humiliation, a story that we don't want to bring up anymore. Maybe it's something physical that we're shameful of, uh, words that we said, if we see somebody that we said something wrong in the past, or P, like a PTSD type of situation, obviously for our military folks, but for our own, when we've gone through a traumatic situation and we're shamed um, because of our reaction or what we didn't do or what we did do as parents, we go through shame. As kids, we remember things and are shamed and and all of this and to know that Jesus and you said it so well that Jesus went through more he went through more shame he went to the cross which was the most shameful of all things and not only that but his pain would have been more because it was the sins of the world on his shoulders and he felt everything that we felt and even more for you and for the sake of all this they put the word joy in the midst of it which is why we can move on to the next verses um with joy because he did it all for us any thoughts on that like i said i want to make sure verses one and two are the foundation and i really caught me in the word shame so any thoughts on on that or other realities in verse one two yeah i certainly think that word shame i mean that is a powerful word and in our in our lives um no, no one wants to air their dirty laundry. No one wants to let, you know, why do we sin in the darkness? Because we don't want anyone to see it. Uh, and, and so, um, hmm. you know, the, that, uh, that shame that weighs on us as far as our sin and our things that we did, things that, that we shouldn't have done, things that we should have done that didn't do, that we didn't do, and those types of, of uh, actions, our thoughts, you know, um, all of that uh, brings about a shame, a shame before our Lord, a shame before our brothers and sisters in Christ, a shame before, um, you know, the, the world in which we live. We don't want people to, to know our, um, our deepest, darkest secrets, and yet we know that our Lord does know them. And, and so not only does he take our, our sin, not only does he die our death, but he also takes our shame. And, um, and that I think is also, a, so, so, so that shame we can put away, right? That shame in, in, on the, in the cross and in, in Christ can be put away. We, we, we can, uh, we can find joy uh, knowing that our Lord knows what we've done, right? And yet um, forgives us of that shame. And, uh, and that um, is, is if, if that doesn't bring joy into the heart, I, I don't know what would. Or what what could right, uh, and and so as we, as I said, I think this this you're right. I believe that these first two verses are foundational for the rest of the of the section that we're going through, and the idea here is is this it's a journey, it's a race, it's a marathon. Um, this Christian faith, this Christian life that we now live, and it is lived constantly fixing our eyes on Jesus. I do like that that version too. Mm -hmm. constantly having our eyes fixed on the one who has gone before us and is our substitute, the one who's taken our place uh, in in all of that cross, despising, shame, and is now uh, victorious at the right hand of God for us, right? And, um, and, and, and that's why all those, that great cloud has come, right? That, that, that great cloud is there because, because Jesus has brought them there. Right, um, and and they are they are they are there with you every Sunday in worship, um, uh, because Christ is present there. Right, 
where Jesus is, the church is. And, um, and, and that, I think, is something. So, so we have um, the loss of a loved one through death, and they are now part of that gray cloud of witnesses. Uh, they are part of that martyr church, that martyr, that you know, that uh, that uh, witness, that cloud, and and they're with you on Sunday mornings. They're with you around the Lord's supper. They're with you um, where where Christ is present uh, for you uh, in word and sacrament, and that um, brings brings joy, right? So the loss of a loved one, the death of a loved one, we we have we have the sure and certain hope that they are in that cloud of witnesses and they are with us because Jesus is with us. And, and if we, and so you don't take our eyes off Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't take your eyes off Jesus. You keep, you keep focused on him in that journey and in that, on that race. I want to talk more about that on the other side of our break, Pastor, as we look to Jesus and continue to see the implications of that. But we need to take our break. We are studying Hebrews chapter 12 with Pastor Keith Lynch, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Are you an investor looking to support the bold and loving work of LCMS churches? Is your church or organization ready to do bold and loving work? This year, we have a ripe opportunity to bring Christ to a hurting world. Discover the role you can play in this great work. Call 800-843-5233 or visit lcef.org. That's 800-843-5233, lcef.org. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying Hebrews chapter 12 with Pastor Keith Lynch. And I want to start this way, is that for all of you, our listeners, we all are dealing with a certain amount of shame. And this shame is something that Jesus understands and Jesus knows. And so I invite you, our listeners, to bring that back to him. Bring it to his feet. 
Bring it when you come to confession absolution. Bring it to your pastor if you need to do individual confession absolution. Bring it to the, to the front when you come forward for uh, Holy Communion. Bring that shame and lay it on him because he knows shame. And he also knows you better than we know ourselves. And so bring that shame to him. And he fills us with that promise and fills us with that grace. And that's why we can read the next number of verses knowing that he has taken all of this and he's done so with joy. So, Pastor, I want to read verses three and four as he starts to um, reveal to us, okay, this is who Jesus is, this is who we're looking for, and then another basically, therefore, as we consider Jesus, as it tells us here. So, verses three and four. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, I want to stop there, Pastor, um, because it, it gets into discipline the rest of the way. But I want to make sure we're on the same page with these verses, because he's setting up the argument of when God disciplines us, this is good. So verses 3 and 4, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, you have uh, this uh, this section here. Um, you know, our Lord certainly uh, went through this great suffering, uh, the greatest suffering um, for the sin of the world. And um, and so as we look to him, you know, um, we, we will not grow faint-hearted in, in our challenges. And and then he follows that up with, and, and beside that, you haven't shed your blood. You haven't been martyred um, yet, right? You You may. You you may you may suffer for uh, your faith. You may die um, as a martyr, and many have over the centuries. Um, so, uh, but but he's speaking to those um, you know of, of the day at this point in your life. Um, if you're still breathing, then you haven't shed your blood uh, for um, the the faith. If you're still alive and you're still reading this text and you're still breathing, and and so uh, fear not, right? Fear not. Um, the, the Lord knows what it is to go through uh, and endure suffering, pain, hostility. He did it for you, and, and he's going to strengthen you as you live your life um, journeying, you know, running the race uh, heavenward. And, um, and, and, and you're still breathing, right? So you still stick your hand in your shirt, as Luther would say, you know, uh, if you put your hand in, inside your, your shirt and see if your heart is beating and stiff, if you're breathing and you still have flesh and blood, because then you're still a sinner and you're still in need of God's grace, mercy and forgiveness, and, and you're still running the race. Um, and, and so get ready, because the, the next part is that, you know, that the Lord is going to bring some discipline into your life. And that's what a good parent does, right? A good parent, mm-hmm. you don't let your children just eat whatever they want to eat. You don't let your children do whatever you want, whatever they want to do. You, you discipline them for their good so that um, they uh, can um, continue to follow the path that the Lord would have them uh, follow. And, um, and, and that's, I mean, that's what a good parent does, right? Um, you, you're not your kid's best friend. You're, you're, you're the parent and you're going to discipline them uh, in, in a way that, that you see fit for their good. Now we don't always do that properly, and that and he's going to he mentions that in the text. We don't always discipline the way we should. For a short time, we discipline, and, 
And uh, who knows how long we're going to live or how long we're going to be able to do those things and parent our children. Um, some fathers are taken away early in, in a child's life. They, they uh, are called to be with the Lord in heaven. Some parents are not really good parents, and they might not discipline in the way they should. Or they, they're too heavy-handed or they're too light-handed. And, um, and so, uh, but then we have this, we have a father who knows exactly the right discipline that we need. Um, and, and who brings it into our lives at, at just the right time and just the right ways, all, all because he loves us um, to, to guide us and, and lead us back to him uh, and, and lead us on that journey uh, for eternal life. So, so let's um, read let's yeah. read those verses, Pastor, verses 5 through 11, as it talks about this discipline. And I like how you set this up, because it does show us our discipline and his discipline, and, and why they're similar, and also how they're different. So 5 through 11, I'll read these verses. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when he when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides, we have respected them, and we, have, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they discipline for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, Pastor, one of the unique things about this is that we can easily get into lost in the weeds a little bit for me. You know, like, okay, I discipline my kids, therefore God disciplines me. We go through this whole dynamic. I don't do it as well. Da da da. da go down this list. But the, one of the joys of this, and this goes back to the joy of Him taking the cross, is that He even calls us sons. I mean, that's like that's like one of the the parts that I always miss. I'm focused on the discipline that I forget. That he calls us sons. This goes to Ephesians 1, right? Um, it predestined us for adoption as sons. He could easily call us the adopted kid or the kid that, you know, like, well, sometimes he acts well or whatever. But it, the, the main thing in here is that we are considered to be sons. And what does a good father do for his son? But our identity begins as sons. What are your thoughts on these verses? Yeah, there's some great, like, uh, T-shirt slogans in here, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the father of spirits. Right, the Father of Spirits. Just some great T-shirt slogans. So, um, you know, the Lord disciplines the one He loves. Right. So, He, you are His child because He has made it so. Right. He has declared it so. He is in the waters of your baptism made you His very own, and you are His child. Right. You are His son, uh, and and He has He has made it so. And and so because of that, He's going to discipline you for your good. Every well. As I say, you mentioned it, like the idea of we do it, but we don't do it very well, and sometimes we fall. And we, but but God's discipline is perfect, right? God's discipline is perfect. He's treating you as a son because He loves you, and His discipline is for your good. And that's uh, something hard to kind of wrap our minds around when we're going through that discipline, right? But that discipline is 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 about life, right? 
So our fathers are, are earthly, and they 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 don't carry with them the the, uh, the they're not the father of spirits. They don't bring life eternal with them in their discipline. This discipline that the Lord has for us, pointing us, kind of keeping us on the the path heavenward, leads to life eternal, right? But you, so that verse there, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? And, and that's kind of a rhetorical question. Absolutely, right? The answer is yes, mm-hmm. right? So we are we are subject. We are. Um, we went through Ephesians a couple of weeks ago on, on that whole uh, uh, marriage text, which really isn't about marriage. It's really about Christ and his bride, the church. You know, be, be, uh, be in subjection to your wives, be in subjection to your husband. What's the point of that text? It's, it's not, a, it's not a, uh, like a slave master mentality. It's, it's one that God brings into our life for our good. So we are subject to him for our good. Right, and and uh, and being in subject to the Lord is is a is a blessed thing, and it brings life, and and because He is the author and perfecter of life, He's the one that brings life into our lives, and He does that sometimes in our discipline, as He is continuing to lead us back, right, continuing to to draw us to Himself, um, and uh, so that we may share in His holiness. We 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 are holy because God is holy, and we are found in Him. You know, and and that. That is that is all part of what he's doing, uh, and, and now I love I love verse eleven there, right? For a moment, uh, for the moment, all discipline seems painful uh, mm-hmm. rather than pleasant. How true that is, right? How true that is. It is a painful thing to go through suffering discipline, um, but it it is, but it yields later the peaceful fruit of righteousness. It is it is training us in the the fruits of righteousness. We are we are bearing good fruit like like good trees are supposed to right it's not it's not it's just who we are um we we grow fruit as christians because the lord has has created in us he prunes off those branches yeah, that are yeah they're not good and he, and he and he brings that fruit of righteousness into our life and and out of our um out of our lives and and that is Man, that is that is a a, a precious thing. So, uh, uh, so we might look back on, on on how our parents disciplined us and say, you know, there were some good things in there that really helped us grow into the person that we are. Um, but we can look back in in the discipline of the Lord and the suffering that we've gone through and the challenges that we faced, and realize and recognize that that was for our righteousness. That was for our, you know, uh, a, a peace. That was for our life here and eternally. And, um, and that, um, you know, that, that's definitely a greater picture. I think of seeing things, um, in, in that light of the now and the not yet the eternal, right. Um, and not just looking at, Oh, I'm going through this here and now, and Oh, this is terrible. And why is God doing this? And, um, you know, I, I don't deserve this or, or hmm. all of those things that we might respond. Um, you know, but the Lord has a, has a greater plan that we that, that we are in subjection to Him, and we yield and say, you know, Thy will be done. Uh, and and an example of that is the one who, you know, and I when He was betrayed, Lord, not not my will, but Your will be done. 
And as we look at that, it's this this is very helpful because as a parent and and for for parents are there and even you know if you if you're not a parent, you were a child and you dealt with parents or you dealt with coaches or you dealt with teachers and others, then when you're kind of called the task, you're never having a fun time with that because you realize you did wrong and it's uncomfortable and it's wrong. Um, and one pastor made in the analogy of, like you said, with pruning, that there's some plants that you'll grow. He used the example of a strawberry that sometimes it starts to bloom and you quick take the bloom out so that in a year or two, <coughs> excuse me, a year or two that it will, that, and then therefore the, the root will grow and then therefore you'll have even more strawberries in a few years, those kind of things. And he was a great analogy for us to understand that, you know, when you take off that bloom in the strawberry, it's going to hurt. I mean, this is, this is, it's going to be, it's going to be painful, but the growth is happening. God's word is at work. You thank God for it later. And the reality is like when I discipline my children, um, there's a part of me that still wants to be liked by my children. (laughs) There's a part of me that is selfish in my discipline because I want it my way. But here's the distinction is that God completely does discipline for the sake of us receiving his holiness. I love that language that he uses here. He does it simply for the sake of our good. Um, and he doesn't have to be liked. You know, this is, he's not in the liking business. He's not in the selfishness business. He's doing it all for our good, which points us again to verse two, where it talks about despising this shame. I mean, there's so much wonderful joy here and practicality for our lives today. Any last thoughts before we move on? Now, I think this is a passage that we should be reading regularly, or at least before it happens, before the discipline comes, before the challenge comes. Because if you read this while you're going through it, you might be thinking, "Eh, I don't know, right? So um, this is is like preventative medicine. To to have this in your mind and in your thoughts before you're going through things, because when you're going through the challenges, as it said, you know, when you're when you're going through the discipline, it doesn't seem like there's any good to it, um, but there is. And uh, and I, I, I was talking to a member just recently about, um, you know, God even uses the, the devil for our good. And I know that sounds insane, but that's exactly the devil means everything for our harm and for our for our detriment and to drive us away from God. And yet the Lord uses the devil because he is almighty and mightier than the devil. And he uses him even in service to bring us back to the Lord. Right? So the devil mm-hmm. needs it for our harm and God works all things for our good. And, and even the suffering that we go through, I think, man, that is, that's profound, right? That, that how the Lord uses these things for our, for our good. He's always doing the right thing. He's always doing the necessary thing. He's always doing this, the, the, the thing that leads us, heavenward, uh, always leading us in that holiness. And, and that, I, uh, yeah, if you can't get, once again, right, we're, we're back to that joy. Um, it, is, uh, it is certainly prevalent. And this is, as, as I said, good preventative medicine. Read this mm-hmm. now, hear it now, you know, remind yourself when you're going through, oh, yeah, that, that Hebrews 12 passage, that was, I need, I need to be reminded of that again. And he continues in verse 12, and I want to go through verse uh, uh, 14, 12 through 14, and he has another therefore. So it, it it sets us up, the joy that you just mentioned, and then another therefore. Powerful words. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. 
Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Uh, We'll stop right there. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So there, there's a therefore. What's happening in these verses, Pastor? So, so if if um, if this whole section is really about what's happening on Sundays, right? I mean, if this mm-hmm. if, if we're going to look at this as a the divine service where the Lord is serving His people with His gifts, then then I I would say that this section, therefore, you know, um, and, and it's 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 great here that that the runner, right? Therefore, lift lift up your drooping hands. You're, they're out of joint. They're they're maybe suffering some cramps because they've been running so long, the weak knees, right? I mean, uh, man, oh man, I'm sure I'm going to have to have a knee replacement surgery on one or both of my knees eventually. And and everybody does. You got a hip out of joint. You're you're struggling, right? Make straight paths for your feet. Make, don't, don't take the long way around. I'm I'm a backpacker and a hiker and a hunter. And uh, when I get out there, I, I want the lightest pack I can possibly have. And I want the straightest, path to where I'm going to camp. I don't want to go 10 miles when I can go two miles. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take that beeline for, for the, for the, the goal, right? I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm headed in that direction. But here's the beautiful thing about this is as we strive for this, those joints that are out of place, those hands that are drooping, those knees that are weak, they actually are, are healed as we journey, as we run, the Lord brings healing through this divine running, right? This divine service. He's healing us in this service. So don't let those things keep you from it, right? Um, Because it is in this divine service where you are striving for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one sees the Lord. Um, This is a gift that God gives. It's a peace that we have, um, you know, vertically between us and God so that we can have peace with one another, and that peace is found in, in that, that divine service where our Lord is giving us forgiveness, life, and salvation. So we are able then to forgive one another um, and, and, and strive towards that, that holiness that the Lord gives. Uh, and this, I think, is a wonderful picture as well, that the Lord is healing as we journey, right? The Lord is bringing this healing to us week in and week out as we're journeying. He gives us a few other, I mean, it's a wonderful uh, language, much like in Ephesians 6, which we had on Sunday. Uh, be strong in the Lord, or had it recently, excuse me. Uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And is really just telling them, you know, step up. And in a, in a in, I would say in a raw, raw sense. I mean, since the joy of the Lord has been done for you on the cross, you know, be strong. The Lord disciplines you, but still be strong. Uh, strengthen your weak knees and, and all of this. And then strive for peace and for the holiness which the Lord gives. So what do you think about that? Striving for peace and the holiness of God. How does that look for us today? Well, sadly, I think in the church and in the world, we don't see a lot, a lot of peace, right? Um, you know, the church struggles with getting along with one another. I mean, you know, I'm sure in, in each of our congregations we have, uh, you know, we've had struggles with, with peace um, in the congregation, and those things happen. Um, and, and, and so we need to continue to work towards that, right? We need to continue to strive for that peace with everyone. Um, instead of letting the devil have his way with us, we, we, 
you know, trust in the Lord and, and forgive one another. And because we've been forgiven, we are able to love and forgive each other and have that peace that God has granted to us uh, with each other. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, you know, um, it is a, a, a rah, rah kind of, you know, pick, make it happen, right? Make it happen. Yeah. Don't, don't get just, to it. <laughs> don't just sit around and wait for it. Make it happen. <laughs> And, and, and this is why the first and the, the last number of verses we have today can be a little confusing. We have about five minutes left here, uh, Pastor, because I think there's a, there's a call to witness and also a little bit of confusion with Esau. This is, I mean, the author is quite fascinating who he highlights. And I thought this was a, quite a fascinating um, conclusion to our time today. So 15 through 17. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. The no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears." This is a kind of a ending a little bit on the cliff. We hear of Esau um, in Scripture, uh, but we also hear it's kind of a, I, I, I see it as a call to witness of sorts, is to be there for people so that they will obtain the grace of God. And he brings in Esau. If someone asks, Pastor, what in the world is he talking about? How would you describe these verses? Yeah, so I have no idea, but I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to give a shot at it. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> oh shoot, so that's think, too good. I think what he's talking about here is the idea of, um, you know, the, the the worship life of the people. Um, don't 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 do things that separate you from the worship life that you have in Christ. And, and so um, these things that separate us, like Esau selling his birthright for a single meal, that, that kind of, that, that divided the family, right? I mean, that, that separated mm-hmm. him from his birthright in the family, and he desperately wanted to get it back, but it was too late. Uh, it was gone. And so when we, when we separate ourselves from the, the promises that God gives in, in that divine service week in and week out, we're, we're, we're missing out on the blessings and the forgiveness and the salvation that our Lord has for us. So when you see somebody going astray like that, you know, you, you, you lead them back, right? You, you, you put your arms around them and say, listen, you know, we want you here with us. We want you here uh, receiving those gifts. We want you, um, you know, having this grace that God has for you on a regular basis, don't separate yourself from that, uh, and 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 certainly don't sell it for a meal, right? Don't don't be um, because the, the world in which we live, um, when when we see baptism, when we see the Lord's Supper, you know, it's just a little bit of water, it's just a little piece of bread and a little bit of wine, and and it doesn't seem like much. And so there are all kinds of of, of things out in the world that that are much more appealing and drawing, and, and those things don't seem like much, but they are God's gifts. They're, they're so profound in the forgiveness that we have, and we, we need those things that are so simple in the world that God is using so uh, you know, wonderfully for us that we don't want to separate, separate ourselves from those and, and don't be pulled by, by the flashiness of the world. Um, I... I I kind of, that's where I went with it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, I'm, you know, 
right on, but uh, that's that's kind of the way I was thinking about it. Um, you, you can tell me what you think. Yeah, I mean, basically, don't go that direction. Like Esau is the example of what you should not do. <laughs> yeah. that, that you yeah. know you have all of these gifts you have all of this the holiness that the lord is offering to you just like you said in worship dr kleinig specifically says this is definitely connected to the divine service and a reminder of don't go that direction here's the direction here's the way the truth and the life here is holiness don't do that because there was a time he could no longer get it back and so the same thing goes for us as you said that when christ returns that's what we have pastor we have about a minute left well how would you summarize these wonderful verses for us today yeah just fix your eyes on jesus Mm -hmm. right he's the author and perfecter right keep your eyes focused on him uh don't all the other stuff is is fodder around you uh keep running the race in christ and and uh as struggles come, know that the Lord knows what they are for you, has gone through them with, and is with you in your in your journey, and keep your eyes firmly fixed on them. Um, you know, and God bless you. God bless you as you run. Pastor Keith Lynch of Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida, giving us God's strong word from Hebrews chapter 12. Pastor Lynch, thank you again for being our guest. Hey, thanks, Pastor. Saints of our Lord, I love the old, new, the NIV version of this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. As a farmer back in the day got onto his tractor and looked off into the distance and never looked away, may we do the same with Christ. Jesus is your guy. He endured the cross, endured hostility, despised his shame, and did it all with joy. So strengthen those drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, for he has shed his blood for you. May the Lord bless you as you endure endure in his grace. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.